0: All right, back at it and uh, in studio, in the iHeart Studios, Greg back. Jay Parker, uh, co-hosting along with us, Kyle Moyer from the Crafty Fox and Bogies Beer and Wine, and uh, Brian Freeman from Growers Organic. We we all love uh, scotch, whiskey, and uh, especially beer, and none better. First of all, before we bring him on the line, Jonathan Shikes is waiting for us, but I want to ask you guys, I want to give you a couple of headlines here, and I want you to tell me uh, what they all have in common. Uh, 30 amazing new Colorado beers from 2017. Small Colorado breweries are in the market to buy other existing breweries. And 16 breweries that plan to open in Denver in 2018. What do those headlines have all in common?
1: Uh, my guess is Jonathan wrote about all three of those. They're all Jonathan's
0: <laughs> articles right there, and none better. The Colorado beer man uh, writes for Westward, and uh, there he is right now making an appearance. Welcome to the Modern Eater Show, Jonathan Shikes. How are you, sir?
2: Thank you very much. I'm uh, great. Thanks for having me
0: on. Yeah, no doubt. Cool. Lots to talk about, right?
2: Yeah, there's, I mean, it just, it seems like every day there's something new to talk about in in craft beer, especially in Colorado.
0: Well, first off, we got to ask you, in the last segment, we were kind of talking about Scotch whiskey. Um, Are you a fan?
2: You know, um, my father-in-law is a big Scotch drinker, and um, so he's trying to get me, he's trying to get me into it, and I'm starting to, I'm starting to see the, I'm starting to see the light a little bit.
3: Where'd
0: you get your love for beer?
2: I started homebrewing, I think, when I was 17, um, which is a little young to be homebrewing, but uh, that is when I did and and I tried beers that were like nothing I had ever had before, and it just kept building and building over time.
0: So you got your hands on Charlie Papazian's book as a kid?
2: I got my yep as a kid. I brewed in, in uh, brewed with a friend of mine in my mom's kitchen. We, uh, you know, it boiled over the top. That there was multi, you know. Uh, Beer, work everywhere in the oven and the stove. It was it was a mess, but uh, um, she forgave me, and I have loved beer ever since.
0: Well, let's dig in. I mean, here we go. You've just you you write about so many great things, and I would direct people to your Facebook page. But is that where you want people to go to see your work, Jonathan?
2: Um, I mean, the best place to go is is uh, at westword dot com. Yeah, under the uh, you know in the food and drink blog there. That's that's where I post almost everything I write. I try to you know on Facebook and Twitter I try to uh, to get the word out as well. I
0: like I like reading about the comments on your Facebook. The commentary from the commentary. Yeah, those are always cool. Uh,
2: yeah.
0: Kyle Moyer's in studio with us along with Brian Freeman and uh, Jay Parker, of course. But uh, Kyle, here's your guys. Say hello. Hello, hello.
2: Hey, Kyle, how you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome.
0: Good, good. So we tried our hand at a beer festival, and we'll start out with beer festivals this year, if you don't mind. Um, beer festival, Micro Brew Fest, and at first blush, uh, year one of a beer festival, and uh, the Crafty Fox, Kyle Moyer, uh, Jay, and myself um, with the Modern Eater Show, we put on a 50 brewery beer festival called Micro Brew Fest, and you were a judge of our IPA competition what do you think of that beer festival?
2: um I had a great time i was I was under an overhang the entire time and I think it was raining a little bit that day, so that's always difficult to, you know difficult to have uh, probably weather on a, on a beer fest. I had a blast I didn't see anybody who wasn't smiling though so I, I think probably everyone else had fun too.
0: How do you frown when you're drinking delicious uh, craft beer right?
2: Yeah, and there was a lot of good ones, especially the IPAs uh, that were there that day. I think people brought out their best
0: um great american beer festival did everybody go i went uh jay went did you go brian
4: yes you yep, did i was down there yep
1: kyle you went no oh, absolutely i I got a hotel room and everything i went all out <laughs> you got a hotel room i stayed at hotel teatro all week i was a busy week you had a golf cart too i bet inside <laughs> yeah no no I, I stayed in one at one brewery the whole time and just drank their beer uh,
0: pretty interesting that everyone in the room, including yourself, who's uh, on phone here tonight, but we all go. I think it's probably the largest premier beer festival around, right? Yeah,
2: I think it's, it's the largest commercial beer festival in the world, and... Um... Uh, it just keeps getting bigger every year. Uh, you know, this year they had, I think there were 900 breweries that you could taste. Um, I forget exactly how many beers they had, but it was, you know, it was somewhere in the range of 3,500 beers.
0: Yeah, so you talk about growth, and they did a few adjustments as well. Um, but Great American Beer Festival, has it grown too big?
2: Well, I, I, that's what a lot of people ask. You know, every year I think people wonder if they should break it out, have some regional competitions uh where the then the winners of those would maybe funnel into uh you know the big festival in in the fall every year in denver uh some people wish that some breweries from other parts of the country were more present uh, especially the the northeast where there were really not very many breweries at all this year so i think the brewer's association i think they review it every year they, they take a look at it right now i don't think they're going to make a lot of changes but i, I think they're going to have to be some changes down the road
0: no shock to you, uh, Jonathan Shikes, um, Colorado Beer Man, that the Brewers Association had to do a little bit of changing as far as having big beer with such a huge presence inside of the festival.
2: Yeah, this year they they basically kept big beer out of the festival. Um, they uh, they they changed the rules so that uh, certain you could only have five beers from, from every brewing company, uh, or four, four or five beers from every company. In the past, they could, uh, the big breweries could, every one of their divisions could have, um, could have, you know, could be represented. But for instance, Anheuser-Busch InBev, which owns a dozen formerly craft breweries, they could only have, they were only allowed to have uh, 10 beers this year, and so they had to pick and choose.
0: Wait, where do you, do you think that that was internal decision or pressure?
2: No, I think that was internal decision. I think they're feeling... You know, they're, they're run by a board of directors, and the board of directors um, represent multiple-sized breweries all over the country. And I think they were... Uh, you know they're trying to stand up for for themselves and their businesses.
0: Yeah, image is everything in craft beer, and it's it's not just a it's kind of a culture. I mean, it really is a culture, and the dynamics there within is kind of the the one-off culture and uh, the one-off beers in the breweries that just start out. And it's an interesting thing with the Brewers Association um, being an advocate for the one-offs, but growing themselves exponentially. I can only imagine they amount of cash that they may make from the great american beer festival but with the model of of the advocate of the one-offs and small breweries and 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 not being you know huge giant ones although they'll lift the ceiling for how many barrels of beer can be produced for the likes of jim cook at Sam Adams, and just in my guest, in my estimation, but we have Julia Hertz on. She's a, a friend of the show, and, and Charlie Papazian every year at the Great American Beer Festival. But I've posed to them this question. It's a very interesting thing for the Brewers Association to kind of, I guess, control uh, their growth and be able to remain an advocate for the the one offs and, and not seemingly be this, this giant of an association. Is there anything to that?
2: They, they've got their work cut out for them because they represent the tiniest nano breweries you can imagine, and they represent, like you mentioned, um, you know, Sam Adams and Boston Beer Company. Uh, Sam Adams and Boston Beer Company are by far the largest uh, brewery in the, in the country. Um, they're they're much bigger than even the, the second, third, and, and fourth largest craft breweries. But yeah, they've they've they've, they've got their work cut out for them. And, and the what the smaller breweries want, I think, these days, are different than what the larger breweries want. And I think it's hard to. It's, hard to, it's getting harder for them to find some middle ground.
0: Yeah, railing against big beers and, and basically positioning themselves against big beer. Um, it's interesting because we've talked to the likes of like Dave Thibodeau, who's a very open guy, and he'll say, well, let's get four or five breweries together and, and really do a different type of uh, association uh, advocacy. Um, and, and then you see... Uh, you know, you go into these nuances of they've just instituted in 2017 a uh, a label for for breweries to adopt and put on their their beers to uh, identify themselves as a craft brewery, an independent craft brewery, and it, it's such an interesting dynamic that you would need to delineate 90 percent of breweries are craft breweries against two percent of breweries that are. Uh, so-called big beer, but the two percent uh, has eighty percent market share. Is, is that craft beer label needed?
2: That's a good question. Um, they, I think, for as a consumer, I, I think I would be confused. It's um, it's kind of kicking
0: dust in the face of the consumer that you're not smart enough, and especially the craft beer uh, contingency. They they know their stuff.
2: I think the majority of them, you know, the majority of the people who drink, who drink craft beer know their stuff, but I think they want to attract people who maybe don't drink craft beer, but who are interested in supporting local companies. And I think that's what they're trying to do with that label, uh, is to, you know, is to create that delineation to, so that people do know, because when you, if you go into the liquor store or if you go to, uh, you know, the football or the baseball stadium and you see... Breckenridge Brewery, you know that sounds like it's a, a local Colorado brewery. If you see Goose Island, they got an IPA. They have Cezanne. You know they have the kind of beers that you wouldn't normally associate with big beer, uh, and uh, you know. And then there's ten other companies that they own. Um, a lot of consumers, especially ones who maybe aren't as used to craft beer, don't don't know who owns who. That they, they just they're just not keeping track. It's they're busy people, you know. So I think they're hoping that maybe people will learn to look at that. To to look at that uh, upside down beer bottle and um, and and be able to tell the difference.
0: Yeah, I mean, but let's face it. First of all, that's a lot of real estate on a on a bottle for um, for a brewery to give up. And secondly, I always say follow the money. I mean, obviously the Brewers Association wants to increase membership and to give this free labeling um, to kind of join the gang. Right? It's join the game gang, and then um, we're gonna get you for some dues.
2: Yeah, they've lost their biggest, some of their biggest members recently, though. So uh, I think it would take a lot of small members to make up the dues that the largest ones who have been kicked out um, paid before. You know, they, they've lost Lagunitas, they've lost Ballast Point, they lost Breckenridge, um, or they, you know, they kicked them out, I guess. Yeah. Um, and those are some of the, those are some of the biggest breweries in the, in the country. some of the biggest craft breweries in the country at one point. Uh, so ha- how many tiny little breweries it takes to make up? Uh, the dues that the bigger ones paid um, I'm not sure what that is.
0: Oh just great answers all right let's get into the fun stuff uh, Brian, you had a question there well I
4: want to ask Jonathan, do you think you should uh, put some type of uh, limit on the amount of barrels or gallons or liters that these brewers can make before they fall out of craft is is that something that they they think about when they're when they're giving this label of a craft beer? yep so
2: there is there is actually a limit. Um, I believe it's six million barrels a year. And the only one who is even close to that is, is Boston beer company. Um, yeah. The rest are not, not
0: closed. And the problem is is that when they get to that limit, that the Brewers Association raises it so that, that you don't burst that bubble and you can remain in craft. It's a real interesting thing. I I find everything, uh, the dynamics really uh, uh, an interesting, po- it's political at the same sense as well. Let's get into the fun stuff. Let's get in. You, man, Jonathan, you get around. Uh, you get around, my man, and taste a lot of beer. First of all, I don't know how you do it, but is it, are you at a brewery every? day
2: no not every day I try I try to get to as many as I can I mean I'm I visit maybe one or a week a lot of times it's the same ones I try to get to as many different ones as I can but but uh, yeah I get to, I get to quite a few it's, it's, a, it's a awesome awesome job
0: yeah and Moyer's got a good job too where he sits at the crafty fox and reps come in all day long and and uh, <laughs> give him samples of beers that he wants to put on and then I have my list of favorites and and Brian I'm sure you do as well but I want everybody to while we take this quick break, just go on and either get on westward.com or Google um, 30 amazing new Colorado beers from 2017 and this is from your perspective these 30 amazing new Colorado beers, right Jonathan
2: Yeah, yep, I did this uh you know this, these this is my these are my tastes. I tend to run toward uh, toward big hoppy IPAs, toward barrel-aged beers, mm-hmm. toward sweet stouts, and that kind of thing. Um, but I have, you know, I drink a lot of different kinds of beers, and, and uh, if one stood out to me, I, I threw it on there. Um, but, yeah, this this is, you know, based solely on the breweries I was able to visit the, and the beers that they had on then. I drink a lot of packaged beers because those are easier to, to get a hold of uh, the liquor stores. Um, so it's it's just a mix of what I was able to try and what I really loved.
0: All right, we'll have fun. Call you obviously Kyle, you have a lot of beers that you'd like to mention as well from 2017.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I imagine they're probably all on the list. I'll I'll take a peek at the list, but it, I think we have the article printed out in front of you. Well, I'll read it.
0: All right, cool. Uh, one of my favorite IPAs right now is that Melvin IPA. It's just so delicious. It's so good. <laughs> you like Melvin, too, don't you?
1: Yeah, I'll be staying with with Jeremy the owner up at Big Beers. So it'll be an interesting week. Of course, yeah, those do. are my those are my boys. All right, he's online with us.
0: None better. Jonathan Shikes, He's just a, a fantastic feature writer. and for Westward, it's uh, they call who who dubbed you the Colorado Beer man Jonathan?
2: So I'm gonna say maybe eight years ago, seven, eight years ago. When we were trying to work with we were trying to work with Twitter and trying to figure out uh, how to get all of our writers and editors of Westward online. Uh, I was working with our web editor and he says, Well, you need a catchy you need a catchy name. So I, I said, Well, Colorado Beer Man He said, Yeah, that's got too long. Colorado Beer Man's too long. I was like, Collo Beer Man? <laughs> and so that was my Twitter handle, was Colo Beer Man. So do and people I call you?
0: It, uh, Colorado beer man or colorado beer Man? no
2: they call me colorado beer man okay probably would have
0: been fine <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna we'll put you on hold okay we'll come right back and we'll start talking about delicious favorite beers of 2017 and then we'll do booze in the news to talk about the um 16 breweries that you wrote about the plan to open in 2018 what do you say jonathan Sounds great. All right, we'll come right back. There he is, Put him on hold. Thanks for taking the time out for us on this Saturday, the last Saturday in 2017. And uh, just kind of a year in review of delicious beers as I hear everybody paging through Jonathan's article here. All right, we'll come back and uh, just loosen it up and have some fun when we get back on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
3: Gardner Hammond from Alpine Dog Brewing Company, winner of the Micro Brewfest IPA competition. You're listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
4: Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey. Rocker rum. Rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatora. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com.
5: It's my distinct pleasure to introduce you to The Bindery, Eatery, Market, and Bakery. Hi, I'm Chef Linda Hampston-Fox, owner of The Bindery. My life's journey has taken me through Switzerland, France, Italy, and Mexico, and has allowed me to create a menu at The Bindery that I think you'll find truly unique. The Bindery combines a market and bakery with an elevated fine dining experience under the same roof. We are proud at The Bindery to provide artisanal foods made by hand in small batches. Join us in the morning for an award-winning dragonfly coffee, a convenient market lunch, a crafted libation during happy hour, or an intimate dinner in the eatery. And don't forget about our amazing weekend brunch. Conveniently located in the Highland neighborhood at 1817 Central Street, just exit I-25 on 20th and park in one of our 55 covered free parking spaces. For our menus and all things The Bindery, look us up online at thebinderydenver.com. And remember, food is one of life's great pleasures, and I look forward to you being my next guest.
6: Do you have the goods? Jay Parker here for The Goods Restaurant. If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Get started with the vegan gluten-free tacos, warm corn tortillas, wood oven roasted veggies, pickled onions, shaved radish, tomatillo, fresh cilantro, and a house-made vegan sour cream. Wow. How about the best burger on planet Earth? One half pound of Aspen Ridge beef, lettuce, tomato, pickles, and never any. Hormones, antibiotics, or steroids I recommend getting the crispy rosemary Fries. As a friendly neighborhood Restaurant featuring dinner, brunch And full bar with two daily happy hours They truly care about you, the Customer, and desire to provide an Extraordinary dining experience for everyone They are family and children friendly And even have a playroom for the little ones The Goods, a friendly neighborhood Restaurant who offer a wide menu of Gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan Options, and they don't forget about the meat Lovers. With a staff that really care On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com
1: Yo, yo, what's up? (laughs) This is
3: Justin Brunson, Culture Meat and Cheese in Denver Central Market. I'm a meat guy. (laughs) And you're listening
6: to the Modern Eater Show on (laughs) iHeartRadio.
0: get jonathan shikes to do one of those for us uh listening to the modern eater show on iHeartRadio, you absolutely are greg Hollenbach, jay parker brian freeman from growers organic and Kyle moyer from the crafty fox and Bogies, beers and wine uh right to the vip line again and this is going to be a cool one jonathan shikes uh the colorado beer man from westward magazine and he just writes such great things and highlights breweries here in colorado Let's go around the horn here, and we'll start with um, on telephone with Jonathan. Jonathan, list uh, a couple one to five breweries that are your favorites. Can you do that, or is that showing bias oh. for your babies?
2: <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. Um, you know, some of the ones, uh, uh, two of them had a couple of them that, that had uh, multiple beers. I think on on my list this year, uh, Cerebral Brewing here in Denver. Um, Weldworks up in Greeley. Uh, they had multiple beers on, on my list of 30 favorites. Uh, our mutual friend um, in Rhino uh, had one. They I, they had another that I almost stuck on there. Um, Blackshirt Brewing also in Rhino you know, gets better and better. And um, a brewery that just has only been open for about a year up in Frisco uh, called Outer Range. Um, this a terrific brewery as well. I was just up there uh, two days ago.
1: Uh- Kyle. Uh 150% going to go with Outer Range. Um Weldworks. Yeah,
0: I was gonna, I knew you were going to say Weldworks.
1: Yeah, you have to. Weldworks Outer Range. And it doesn't
0: have to be Colorado. Uh
1: Wiley Roots. Um those guys are unbelievable. Uh I've really been digging Alpine Dog. I think they're doing some really fun stuff. Um and Jeez, I uh, it's it's hard not to be biased. I, I guess what I'm looking for is a, is a brewery that kind of does it all, and um, Cerebral's really blown my mind with, you know, all the stuff they're brewing. So I guess that'd be my top five for this year. Parker?
3: Is that me? Well, uh, now I haven't ha- I haven't had any of the beers, so I I'm kind of in a weird position, yeah, right? Yeah, so, which is a good position
0: uh, because you're going by other things,
3: right? And so when I think about things, I'm thinking tap room and I'm thinking, uh, you know, social people, media. Believe it or not, brewers. the people that are there, yeah, the uh, the atmosphere. Um, some of the breweries that pop out are t- to me are uh, ratio. Um, brews is obviously one of our favorites the people there they got a and, and, mention and, and by the, jonathan and the tap room are just incredible um woods boss is one of the most uh, beautiful beautiful tap rooms uh, i've seen and i'm hearing good things about the beer and when i'm back on uh, on that you know then i'll weigh in on that um gosh those yeah, are good ones yeah those you know that's that's where i've enjoyed being
4: brian
0: do you make it around the breweries much
4: Oh, you know, um, I I would give you a couple, like the Dry Dock, and they just had a, yes. a little re-shake-up over there. I think they moved in with somebody else recently. So you um, may be a liquor store consumer, right? Uh, no, 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 did you not go over there in Aurora, where
0: those— uh, No, so I'm saying that you might pick your beers, which there's a lot of people out there that they don't frequent the, the tap rooms or the breweries that they're buying
4: their beer from uh, the liquor store. Yeah, yeah, I, yes, I, I'd give that to you. I mean, yeah. this year I, I was saying in the break there— we over I, I went over to iceland and a little down into europe and i i really got turned into turned on to some of their some of their beers this year it was really cool i mean a organic viking beer wow. in iceland i thought you know i mean you know me i'd love to see what these ladies are doing over here at uh, making noise or the I
3: been.
4: you know that that looks interesting um
0: I know. So here's, I want to give one, Holla Daily Brewing Company. I was,
3: yeah. Huh? Yeah, no, I was going to chime in and and and, and uh, redo my list and say I have to add Holla Daily. Holla Daily's great.
0: Um, I always say, and no secret, because uh, the True Blonde is one of my favorite beers, if not my favorite beer. So Scott Brewing Company, and I just love what Dave Thibodeau has done with their brand mm-hmm. itself. And then I'm going to go with, uh, I love Brews Beers, and I love uh, Charlie Gotten Kinney and Ryan Evans, and they're just doing great work and just classy as can be. And then I think I want to um, jump to Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project because Andrew Moore, uh, archaeologist gone brewer, is putting great uh, indigenous flavors into the beer with uh, the spices that he uses and the basil IPA is just fantastic. If you haven't tried that, uh, give it a shot. And on that same, uh, note, um, spice trading brewing company. Yeah, Spice really, trade. really mm-hmm. delicious beers. So that's my short list. Uh, Jonathan, go over some of the ones, uh, first of all, any reactions to any of those brewing companies?
2: Uh, no, I mean, those, those are great. You know, two of the ones that you meant that you guys mentioned, uh, Woods Boston, Intrepid Sojourner, or, you know, brand new this year. They both came really strong, really strong out of the box. Um, they did a great job. Brews, I keep hearing, I need to get more, I need to get to brews more often. It, I just keep hearing, uh, you know, more great things about those guys as well. And and ratio is, is, you know, fantastic on a number of levels.
0: All right, hit the highlights in this article, 30 Amazing New Colorado Beers from 2017 from Jonathan Shike's perspective.
2: All right, so the, the ones, the beers, so the beers that I had, Are you were you looking to talk about this? Or are you Yes, and it this?
0: just came out today, um, December 2019, and then when we break after this, we'll talk about the... Uh, the brewers, the breweries that planned to open in 2018.
2: Okay. So yeah, you know, I mean, the highlight, some of the highlights for me, I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the hazy new England style IPAs. Uh, it can be a real controversial topic. A lot of people hate the way they look, don't like the way they taste, don't like the hype that is surrounding them, but they've become incredibly popular. And um,
0: so not a fad. Uh,
2: uh, I don't think it's going to end up being a fad. I, I don't think even every brewery that is making one now is going to stick w- with it because I think that the not everybody does them as well as others, but I think it will become a pretty, I think it'll, it's going to stick around for a while.
1: Kyle, are sours a fad? Oh, absolutely not. No. I love the fact that I mean, any like Belgian drinker, anybody that really knows beer, knows that we're kind of starting to do that more. Me, I mean, the kettle sours are you know a different different thing, but um, people like fruit in their sours. People you know, like the adjunct sours and uh, the lambics, and you know it's a it's a wide spectrum of beer. So, no, absolutely not. Jonathan, sours a fad?
2: No, definitely not. I, I think I think they're they're growing. Uh, it does take it does take a certain palate to be able to. Uh, To like sours and and people like them and then they stop liking them and then they they like them again so you have to be, you have to really want to drink a sour to drink a sour but I don't think it's going away anytime soon.
0: And the burps from sours, oh my goodness (laughs) wow, those are deep down body burps right there from a sour. (laughs) What else do you have on the list there Jonathan?
2: Um, So aside from the IPAs which are the the biggest category I've got, I had a lot of barrel aged beers and I had a, a pair of pastry stouts which is kind of a new term that is uh, gets thrown around, um, and those are those are the imperial stouts that get infused usually with some sort of uh, sweetening uh, adjunct or, or spice, uh, vanilla, cinnamon, coconut. Uh, people actually throw a cake and cookies, um, you know, and other kinds of candies in, into these beers, and um, I'm I'm just a sucker for them. I don't uh, don't mind saying it. I, I really enjoyed. it. Uh, the Pastry South. So there's there's a couple on there uh, from you know against Cerebral and Weldworks. Um, one of my favorite one of my favorite sections on this list was the uh, I call them the creative envelope pushers, and uh, they were the ones that had really different beers. Um, Ratio was on there with the pear elderflower Saison on that that I tried, which uh, was like a soda. Uh, it tasted great. Uh, Intrepid Sojourner was on there, Hickory, Peach, Wee Heavy that they did. Lots of hickory flavors and and, uh, and lots of peach. Uh, the Ladies that Make a Noise, who you mentioned before, the very first beer that they did at Gold Spot, Imperial Strawberry Saison. I loved that beer. So that was that was a fun category to, to work on as well.
4: How do you, Brian, go ahead. Uh, let me ask a question there, Jonathan. Where do ciders fit into this? I mean, I'd be curious on your guys' take because that's someone – something that's new and it's come a long way commercially i I think it's terrible but we have quite a few here in colorado
2: we do and i ciders make me feel very guilty because i don't write about them enough i don't write about them at all um we westward has some other folks who do write about them i just i haven't uh i focus so much on beer that i haven't been able to expand what i do that much but c-squared Ciders, the the ones that I've tried from them, and I don't I don't know them by name, but he uh, he does some some uh, Andy over there does some great experimentation with ciders with all kinds of flavors, uh, herbs and spices that he puts in, hops that he puts in, uh, stem ciders, Colorado Cider Company. There there are there are some great cider makers. I just I just uh, haven't had a chance to get into it as much as I as I should.
4: Yeah, and I ask that just because of the fact that you know a lot of those. Beers that you were talking about at the end there are, are more are fruit focused, and so it's interesting where some of the, some of the beer is going.
2: Yeah, I think I must be just a malt. I, I'm just malt focused. <laughs> I was going to ask you
4: that. Do you think that it all
0: roads lead back to once you develop your beer palate that you're going to go, or you have a need for the the, the IPA? Uh,
2: uh, a need for the IPA. Yeah, I, I think I, that
0: I, it just it just you know at first if you start out drinking craft beer and it's an IPA, it, it, you might not continue to be a craft beer drinker. Um, but it's it, it once your palate's developed, and I've found that with myself, that I'm now craving the IPAs and and the hoppier, the better.
2: Yeah, I, I do have a hard time drinking. You know, I love hoppy beers, and and like you said, the hoppier, the better. Double IPAs, the the more. The better I do, I do think that you your palate um, gets sort of uh, uh, calloused to to less yeah. hoppy beers over time. Uh, some people like them. I liked hoppy beers right away. The first one I ever had, really? I loved it. Um, yep, uh, I don't know why, but I did. I think some people the first they they never like them, uh, which is which is another interesting part of these these hazy IPAs because they they have a lot of hops flavor, but they don't they have almost no bitterness. Most of them. And so a lot of people who thought that they didn't like hops, it turns out they just, they just really didn't like the, bitter, the bitterness that comes from classic IPAs. Um, and they're enjoying the hops. Uh, but without that without that you know astringency and that bitterness.
0: All right, we're gonna take just a quick one minute break and it's actually actually gonna be for intrepid sojourner beer project. So I want you to hear Andrew Moore do his commercial. It's so cool. We'll come back and then we'll do the uh, state of the beer address with uh, Jonathan Shikes, a Colorado beer man uh, from Westward magazine. Uh, so cool for him to join us tonight and we'll do 16 breweries that plan to open in Denver in 2018. and I'm sure with those 16, do you think 16 will go at that with that same thought?
2: No, no, I don't don't think L sixteen will get open. Uh, Oh, okay, but they might. Oh, you mean will sixteen close? Yeah, Uh, no, I don't think sixteen will
0: close. All right, we'll do that. We'll come back with Jonathan Jonathan Shikes. uh, Easy for me to say, right here on the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio.
4: Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun videos and pictures. Just search the Modern Eater. It's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a a chair and and a cooler beer. Here's your Booze News. All right, great calling back, Jay Parker, Brian Freeman, and Kyle
0: Moyer in studio on the line with us. Jonathan Shikes from Westward, Colorado beer man. Go back to the VIP line, and we're going to give him a three-minute stretch. Uh, so it's all you. Please talk about what we can expect as far as breweries opening in twenty eighteen,
2: Jonathan. All right. So the list I wrote focused on on Denver city city limits. The uh, the suburbs have plenty of, of beers that are uh, breweries that are that are coming as well, but yeah, sixteen is a is a big number, and uh, it's actually uh, should have been seventeen. There was a brewery that I thought was going to get open before uh, before this year ended. That's Oasis Brewing, and they did not, so they will be open uh, in January. But there are seventeen breweries in the Denver city limits that have leases or buildings that are planning to go into business and. Three of them are, are are heavy hitters, and they're all in a, in the same area. They're all in Rhino, and that's uh, New Belgium is going to open in the Source Hotel. Uh, Odell Brewing is opening across the street from, slightly down the street from Ratio, in Rhino, and uh, River North Brewing, which uh, was the first brewery to open in the River North neighborhood, and then had to leave when their building got torn down, is coming back with a with a big new um, a big new tap room there. So. Uh, those three will be will be the heavy hitters, I think, for next year. Is that it? No. <laughs> Lay it uh, on. There are there are a lot of smaller um, a lot of smaller interesting breweries that are going to be coming up. Um, one I, of them is. Oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, just take a look at this article. I think it's great and very insightful. Sixteen breweries that planned open in twenty eighteen. I think the last minute of the show. Uh, would be open to just asking you what you're most excited about for 2018 for Colorado breweries, Jonathan.
2: For the ones that are opening. Yeah,
0: just uh, the whole climate. Just your overall perspective of what we can expect in 2018.
2: I think that uh, I think there's going to be some of the breweries that are open now. I'm I'm foreseeing that there's gonna, they're going to open second tab rooms or second locations next year. I think that'll be interesting. I think. Some of the beer bars, and and Kyle may know about this. Uh, maybe maybe facing competition from from you know from their own customers or, or from the from the breweries who they have worked with, um, because I think uh, I think I think the breweries are just going to continue to open. If we have eighty breweries in in, in Denver, it's going to be great, amazing for beer drinkers, and I'm looking forward to that. But it'll be sort of fascinating to see how they compete with each other, how they compete with with beer bars, and. Um, whether it's the neighborhood bars that are the ones you know, that go out of business instead of, instead of other breweries. So those are some things I'm, I'm, I'm interested in, in following.
0: Amen. Come back early and often the two and only uh, Jonathan Shikes from Westward, the Colorado beer man. Thank you so much. Thank you. There he is. Jonathan Shikes, uh, got to thank Kyle Moyer, Brian Freeman from Growers Organic, and of course uh, TJ and Jay Parker for the best. We'll see you next week on the Modern Eater Show.